You're listening to Catholic Chicago Week in Review on Relevant Radio 950 AM and 930 AM. During the next hour, the Archdiocese of Chicago brings you conversation about the people, events, and issues that touch our lives. Welcome to Catholic Chicago Week in Review. Good morning. I'm Jim Dish with the Archdiocese of Chicago's Radio TV office, joining you on Relevant Radio 950 and 930 AM. Every Saturday morning, we bring you highlights of our Catholic Chicago radio programs that air throughout the week. Holy Name Cathedral Rector Father Greg Sakowitz got into the Lenten spirit this past week by talking with two men who are in charge of fish fries at local parishes. Join us by phone to talk about what's going on at their parishes are Mike McGovern, Fish Fry Coordinator at St. Ferdinand Parish, and Tom Spratt, President of the Holy Name Society and Parishioner at St. Albert the Great Parish on the south side. Mike and Tom, are you with us here this morning? Yes, yes I am. Thank you. Good morning, gentlemen. How are you? Fine. Very thank you. Good. How about yourself? Doing very fine. Thank you. So tell us what's happening, uh, Mike, at St. Ferdinand Parish with your fish fry. Is it beginning this Friday? Yes, sir. Tell us about it. Um, Four thirty, we doors. Uh, we start taking the orders at four thirty through seven thirty. Um, we're looking forward to a good season. Uh, we're uh, have a, a new, a good menu, a diverse menu, and uh, we're trying to uh, keep our mission going that we started uh, about thirty plus years ago, and it's strong as today as it was then. Um, to get the uh, get the community together, sit down. Have a good, nice meal. Meet up with old friends. Maybe make some new friends. Now, if you, and, now, now uh, Mike at St. Ferdinand's is a fish fry in your parish hall at St. Yes. Ferdinand's every Friday during the Lenten journey. Yes. Okay. And about how many people will be coming uh, Friday in and Friday out? We we range from probably about three twenty five, three fifty, as much as uh, five fifty, five hundred fifty. So and they, weather, weather always plays a, uh, a big factor. So which means that people gather on that Friday at St. Fernand's in the Parish Hall for a fish fry dinner. I think you hit on a very important word. It helps build community. Say more about how the fish fry at your place to get 325 to 500 people helps build community at St. Fernand's. Well, it's it's our our neighborhood, and we get from mm-hmm. neighborhoods across the city. Um they come down and there's no, uh, it's an open, uh, open seating. You're seated when you come in, you make your order. And uh, you can actually call ahead. You can have a pickup or we also have a drive-through where you don't have to get out of your car, call ahead and come through to give you time. And uh, you can pick up your orders so you don't have to get out of your car. Oh, that's outstanding. We, we have Tom Spread, president of the Holy Name Society and parishioner at St. Albert the Great. How does your fish fry work at St. Albert's? Our fish fry, we generally don't. We don't have a drive-through, but uh, we do have uh, our parish hall is open, and uh, we serve between. Last year we started off at six twenty-five, and on our last fish fry we had eight hundred. Eight hundred people gathered in the parish hall. Uh, they, they come in and go at various times because our hours are from four o'clock until seven thirty. Okay. So there's there's ample opportunity to come down visit with people and discuss things and just have a great time. Now, the thing is, our, in your case, Tom, is this fish fry meant to be like a moneymaker and the money goes towards some cause? The, 
the main thing is to gather people together. The community. Uh, but of course, of course, there is a profit incentive also. Mm-hmm. Uh, last year, last year we presented our pastor, Father Mariusz Noveleniak, with a check for twenty-one thousand dollars. That's a nice this piece year, of change. This year, we're trying to use this to do some rehabilitation in the church basement. Okay. Or uh, resurfacing the the kitchen area floor. Now, how many years have you been involved, Tom, with the uh, fish fry? I've been involved with fish fry since it started about 20 years ago by by uh, our pa- our then pastor, Father Robert Stepick. Oh, and, sure, uh, Bob Stepick. He went, yes, he went through and designed this whole thing, and our current person that's in charge of it is uh, our retired Burbank fire chief, Marty Creel, and he's mm-hmm. been running it for the past seven years, and he does a fantastic job on it. So again, now, if anybody wants to learn more about the fish fry at uh, St. Ferdinand's, might give us a phone number they can learn more about it. I mean, St. Ferdinand's, that you can call that during uh, on the Friday okay. after four at seven seven three six two two three zero two two. That number once again seven seven three six two two three zero two two, and that's extension three six one. And Tom, if they want to learn more about the fish fry at St. Albert the Great, do you have a phone or a web or anything? The uh, parish office phone number is area code 708-423-0321. That number once again. Area code 708-423-0321. Following that conversation, Father Greg kept the Lenten theme going by visiting with Brian Brock of our radio TV office about Lenten reflections that are available on all our social media platforms. Lenten Reflections are available on the Archdiocese website as well as on Facebook and Twitter. And with us in studio is Brian Brock, Multimedia Technology Specialist in the Office of Radio and Television. Tell us about these Lenten Reflections in the history, Brian. So, yeah, we, we started doing these. We actually did a series of them about 10 years ago with Father Claudio Diaz in, in English and Spanish, and they got some traction the first year we did them. So we did them again the next year, and we went above and beyond for Lent. So we did, like, Every holy day, all the Sunday, all all the major weeks, and all the major hits, and they they did really well. And then he kind of slid into a different role, and we kind of didn't have an easy access to it. So we took a breather for about six or seven years. And then when he came back to uh, do some more media stuff for us, we kind of started them back up again. And instead of making them longer form, those were much longer the first times we did them six, eight, ten minutes, more homily like. Uh, we decided to try to go with more of the social media route. So they're. 45 seconds to a minute and a half. Okay. So just kind of reflective on the week that you're going into, whether it's for Lent or we do them at Advent as well, um, just to kind of give people something positive to think about about this week going into this this part of the so season. So who's actually the uh, speakers for the series? So for this uh, for this Lent season, we started out with our English one is uh, Deacon Leroy Gill and his wife, Teresa. So this is the first husband and wife combination we've actually done. So, uh, but deacons and their wives are so um, influential in the archdiocese. We have oh, such yeah. a great diaconate here. Uh, Deacon Gill's doing such amazing stuff um, with the anti-violence stuff on in, in the city. Uh, he's part of the the anti-violence prayer service that happens every year at the sunrise thing at the lake. Yes, stuff. exactly. So, lake um, he was he was a no-brainer when we tra- when we just kind of started kicking around names to. to now, for example, if recruit. someone wants to get and w- listen to these, w- how do you get to it? Uh, 
They'll be on our YouTube channel, youtube.com slash Catholic Chicago. We One also do time. it youtube.com forward slash Catholic Chicago. Uh, they'll also be on the Archdiocesan Facebook page, Twitter, Instagram. So they're going out via the social media outlets so mostly. This so if you go to audio and video? No, this, is, this is video. Video. This is all video. Yeah, uh, and they're done in Spanish as well with Father Miguel. Um, he's... Um, I'm just beginning to scratch the surface with his story. We're going to get him on as radio guest and do some more TV stuff with him because he's a fantastic guy. And then all of with our um, evangelization now, is office. All is this doing put together, Polish. these Lenten reflections, you and Michael May? Mike and I go out into the field and we set up a, a couple of days to go shoot uh, everybody out either at their parish or maybe they're in our Shasta's employee, so we'll do them somewhere in the office. And they get some lead time to kind of write these short reflections and we set them up so that people have uh, something nice to think about during so the season. So, for seasons. example, I could go right now to the... Office of Radio and TV, the web. I could look this up. First one will come out uh, tomorrow. Tomorrow. Yeah. So that means you go to www.artchicago.org. Yeah, there's a Lenten Resources on. page on uh-huh. there right now. If you click on Lenten Resources, they'll be all underneath that. And then they're also searchable via the social media outlets as well Twitter, Facebook, Facebook Instagram, t- Instagram. And See, I don't even know what you're talking about all that stuff. <laughs> and it, uh, now, you've been doing this for several years then. Yeah. And you, it seems like you enjoy this. This is a really fun idea. This is this was an idea we had, and then it was just kind of it's now snowballed into this. Even it gets better every time we do it, um, and we're always we're always happily surprised by like, oh, we don't know how many views we're gonna get in. Let's say we oh, we don't know how many views we're gonna get in Polish. Well, your your roommate over there at the cathedral, Father Merrick, did our Polish ones for Advent a couple of years ago, and just absolutely crushed on views. Just oh, really? Unbelievable how many amount views? of views. I, I don't even have the numbers of the time. It was like it was in the thousands. Like for us, that's a lot. So um, there's it's 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 fun to find the little niches of the Catholic community sure. that latch onto a certain priest or a certain deacon or a certain ministry, and they will come out and they'll they'll participate and they'll they'll watch and that they'll share amazing. and they'll they'll favorite it and they'll like. So this is actually going back ten years ago with Father Claudio. Yeah, he was kind of. I would say he's kind of the inventor of this idea. Mm-hmm. We just and then we just kind of took it from these longer-form things and made them much more easy for people to digest. And so if it begins tomorrow, of course, Ash Wednesday mm-hmm. is Wednesday, the day after tomorrow, is it's you can go on 24 hours a day, doesn't matter. Yep, and Just then you get a new it. one every week as we hit to the new Sunday. Okay, so, so then as you get to Sunday... Yeah, it actually comes who's out... Gonna be, who's going to be next week? Uh, well, uh, Deacon, Deacon Gill and his wife, they're the English... Uh, they have the English reflections for the entire season. Okay. Allah has the Polish reflections for the entire season, and then Father Miguel has the is the. Uh, but every Spanish week in uh, Lent, it changes to a new reflection. Uh yes, yeah. Okay. It's, so they've done, they've recorded a series of them. So when it's all said and done, I think that they each do seven or eight of them, and then it capped off on on Easter, on, like basically right before the vigil mass on. Um, and it's on also Saturday, happened, on Holy Saturday that the happened, Cardinal's message will come out to everybody. Okay, it also happened uh, last uh, Advent. Correct. And again, it'll be then this Advent too. It's going to be everyone as long change, as I have. Is there ever a chance I might do this more, like even during the summer or fall, or is it too too hard? When you want to do reflections, you come over and we'll set them up <laughs> <laughs> for six a.m. Yeah, no, that, that is amazing. Yeah. So it um, and so as you listen to these reflections by the people who do it, has it touched your life too? It does because for even while editing it, I end up getting to listen to them more than just the average person does because I'll. You know, I do my pass through to make sure that it's a clean take, and then I'll do my editing stuff with it. And you end up, you know, watching it, make sure it's all clean and stuff during the upload and stuff as well. So, yeah, I mean, there, there's definitely ones that are very impactful to me where I kind of take a step back and go, wow, that's, I'm, I'm glad I had the, the opportunity to participate in it. 14 years. Yeah. And Michael, how many years? 25. 25 years in the office? Yeah. 21. Wow, 35 years between. 
And to add to that conversation, this program, Catholic Chicago Week in Review, is now available on your favorite mobile audio streaming apps, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Anchor. So subscribe today. Stick around. After a short break, we'll hear from our crew at Catholic Charities. Celebrate St. Patrick's Day while giving kids the tools they need to build brighter futures. Hi, I'm Mark Schmelzer from Mercy Home for Boys and Girls. Support Mercy Home's March for Kids this month. You can provide kids in crisis with a safe home, healing from trauma, life skills, good education, and career development that will help them become successful, independent adults. Donate today at mercyhome.org slash marchforkids. Any gift made throughout the month of March will be matched by a generous donor. So your support goes twice as far to help kids when you give through Mercy Homes March for Kids. Donate today or learn more about other ways that you can play a part at mercyhome.org slash marchforkids. Thank you for your support. Are you cleaning out your closets this winter? If so, Catholic Charities would be grateful to accept any gently used clothing donations that you have. Winter coats, boots, sweaters, pants, hats and gloves in all sizes are always appreciated at this time of year in our community clothing room. Also needed on an ongoing basis are new underwear and socks for guests who come to use the shower facilities in our Pope Francis Ministries. And all types of professional clothing for men and women are most welcome in our Mary's Closet wardrobe. This special collection of dressier clothes is offered to our clients who are preparing for job interviews. Drop-offs can be made at 721 North LaSalle Street or at any of our regional locations. For more information, call 312-655-7700. That's 312-655-7700. Thank you from everyone at Catholic Charities. Welcome back to Catholic Chicago Week in Review on Relevant Radio 950 and 930 AM. I'm Jim Dish of the Archdiocese of Chicago's Radio TV office with highlights of local Catholic radio programs that can be heard Monday through Friday from 8 to 9 in the morning on 750 AM. This past Tuesday, Marie Jochum and Michael Bear of Catholic Charities visited with Alessandro DeSanto, an active member of Catholic Charities Junior Board and co-founder of Halo, currently the most popular Catholic app in the nation. Alessandro, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Um, tell us a little bit about your background, where did you grow up, kind of how did you get to this space uh, where you have this the most popular Catholic app in the country? Uh, yeah, so I'll, I'll start off by saying that the, the moniker famous is definitely not one that I would describe <laughs> to. You're famous uh, to me. <laughs> but uh, anyway, the, um, I'll, I'll try and cram down the 27 years into a couple seconds here. But uh, I grew up in Harrisburg, Pennsylvania, uh, a big Italian family, both my Mother and father's side uh, came from Italy. My mom was actually born and raised there. My dad a few generations back, so grew up in a big, you know, my aunts and uncles ran uh, construction companies, pizza shops, you know, um, very traditional immigrant story. I uh, went to Catholic grade school and high school. Um, Sister Christine at Bishop McDevitt High School convinced me to apply to Notre Dame, which is one of the most unexpected blessings, uh, as it turned out, was blessed enough to go there, uh, where I met what is now the Hallow team, uh, but started as a group of friends that all went into different career paths in life. Uh, I myself went into finance, uh, first at a large investment bank in New York City, followed by an investment firm in Chicago, which is how I got to Chicago. I should say that I, I met my now fiancé uh, at school and have been dating for the past 
five years through uh, two years of long distance and two two plus years in Chicago, and we just recently got engaged. So that's something we're very excited about. Um, but uh, to answer the question directly, the, uh, we were a group of friends in terms of Hallow that were catching up on the weekends. Um, you're just talking about life, and one of the things we all realized was that in one way or another, we were dealing with the stress and anxiety that comes with just living in a constantly connected world. You know, just email inboxes, running our lives, snaps, tweets, uh, texts, TikToks, depending on what your <laughs> approach is. But uh, we were we were all just struggling with the stress that comes with that. And one of the things all of our friends were telling us uh, was, "You sh- you got to meditate. You got to meditate. You got to meditate." Um, we tried Headspace. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is one of the, the two popular secular meditation apps. And uh, while that was a, you know, obviously a physiologically healthy thing for a human being to do, to sit still and, and breathe deeply, um, what we realized what we were actually searching for was, was purpose-related questions. You know, what should we be doing with our lives? So uh, the, long, the short version of the story is we, we called up a former rector of ours and said, hey, does the church um, have any of this meditation stuff? And he, he literally laughed on the phone at us and said, uh, yeah, I mean, we've only been doing it for like 2,000 years. Uh, it's called prayer. It's called contemplative prayer. Uh, so I love prayer. that. Um, and then that, that led us down a journey, which I can get into if you like. But um, basically, you know, this idea that wouldn't it be great if there was a Catholic version of Headspace or Calm where people could be guided in contemplative prayer? That's incredible. And I think what you're saying really resonates with me and I think with a lot of people um, kind of in this millennial generation of just there's just too much noise and how do we get quiet? And that is one of the things I actually really love about the app is is that ability to meditate and to kind of center yourself in a way that's really accessible, right? I can be on the L and just plug it in. Um, and I, I just I love that about that. How big is the team behind this app? Yeah, so I'm, so I'm one of the three co-founders, one of five founding team members. Uh, we're actually up to um, about ten, uh, including full-time and part-time right now. And wow. uh, we just decided we're going to be we're, we're you know having been friends that were all over the country, uh, we're kind of totally distributed, but just decided to headquarters in Chicago. So the Catholic Charities will have a bunch of new volunteers coming, which is <laughs> exciting. Uh, we'll probably be growing to about 15 in the next six to nine months. Alessandra, maybe you can share um, some of the app features that um, you guys are using to connect with young adults today. I know we looked at um, some of the app features. There's all kinds of things on there, prayer goals, journals, community, works of mercy, um, rosaries, stations of the cross, saint stories, letting go, all kinds of different features on this app. Which ones are really connecting to young adults, and specifically which ones do you think um, would help people connect to observing Lent in this season? So the, one of the, the worst intuitions we had when we created the app was that there was out there this perfect, great prayer technique that worked for everybody. And we, we, we knew that we didn't know what it was, but we figured we'd get there eventually. So when we launched the app in December of 2018, we had a little bit of everything, probably seven or eight different prayer techniques, with the idea of let's see what's the best and then focus all of our time there. That was definitely the wrong intuition. Turns out everybody prays a little bit differently. Yeah. And so what we've really leaned into... Um, is really trying to make the app as personalized to your experience as we can. And so I think that's reflective of just how each of our personal relationships with our friends, our family, are, are a little bit different based on the two personalities. Uh, a, a relationship with God looks a lot different um, for different people. So the first thing you actually do when you create an account is you tell us what are you focused on. And there's a, a series of tiles that pop up, about 10 tiles, everything from learning the basics of prayer to trying to pursue virtue in your life, to um, building daily habits, uh, to diving deeper in kind of theological things. 
and based on your selection of combinations, the app actually puts together a customized prayer plan for you. And so your home screen will look different than my home screen will look different than everything else. Um, but what those are pulling from is a library of over, I think, over 550 sessions now across a wide range of topics that you mentioned. And so the main ones are a set of daily prayers by prayer technique. So that could be Lectio Divina on the Daily Gospel, the Rosary, the Divine Mercy Chaplet, a daily examine, daily spiritual writing session. And the idea is you pick what you want to pray about that day. You choose how long you want to pray for. So most of the sessions have three time options, five, 10, or 15 minutes. Some are longer. Press play, close your eyes, and, and then the app will take you on a, an audio-guided um, contemplative prayer experience. You can choose a male or female voice. Um, people tend to be very passionate about uh, whether they, they listen to Francis or Abby. I'm Team Abby, <laughs> but others are passionately Team Francis. Um, and and the, the idea there is to, while you're using technology, uh, it's really uh, using it to distance yourself from everything else and just focus on Christ. So I think trying to instill that healthy relationship with technology that we alluded to earlier. Um, but to answer the question, what's been, so we have those, those dailies. Then we take those techniques. Uh, I don't know about you, but I don't always wake up and say, oh, I'm really in the mood for Electio Divina today. Uh, <laughs> so we kind of take those techniques and we package them into what we call playlists or playlists of prayer uh, by theme or virtue. So love, joy, hope, humility, gratitude. And there you can choose kind of what you're going through or what you want to focus on. Um, and then there'll be a series of sessions using the different techniques on that. Um, the other really popular section is a sleep section. So people preparing preparing for bed in the evening um, is really popular. Um, the the most popular have been those those sleeps, uh, sleep uh, oriented prayers, uh, preparing for bed, our daily gospel and our daily rosary are, are up there, which is obvious. Um, and then we also have a nine-day intro uh, to prayer for those that are coming to prayer for the first time, which is great to see that um, being popular. For Lent, we're launching just very shortly here uh, a, a 40-day prayer challenge that we're calling uh, you know, hashtag pray40. That'll actually be 40 individual sessions for every day of Lent using a wide variety of, of techniques. And the idea there is, is to keep uh, our individual gazes fixed on Christ the entire journey. And so it'll rotate through the works of mercy, which have great you know, thematic relevance to Lent, um, uh, scripture, the rosary, stations of the cross. Um, it'll be a bunch of really great stuff. And there's thousands of people already signed up for this. I was looking at it this morning. I, I don't even remember the exact number, but it's thousands of people, which is so cool. So congratulations. Yeah, I'm, I'm fascinated by how thorough it is and how intentional it is. Um, that's, it's very impressive um, and looks super functional and um, super uh, intuitive. Um, obviously, there's a large focus on prayer with the app. How would you say that Hollow can potentially encourage members towards um, other aspects of Lent, almsgiving, service? Does it naturally connect people to serving opportunities, um, to things that are um, like what Catholic Charities does, um, like what you help with as a, as a board member, or um, is, is that not as natural? Or is just some of the journaling and the prayer, are those intentionally focused towards pushing people towards outward acts instead of, instead of just internal? Explain that a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. A, a great question, one that we think a lot about. Um, so we, we clearly started the app as a personal experience, you developing a personal relationship with God. But one of the things that we're really focused on is, is not having your faith journey stop there yeah. um, and, and driving people uh, or inspiring people to join uh, not just service life, but sacramental life and things like that. And so one of the things uh, that we're doing during Lent is that there's no sessions on Sunday. So we say go to Mass, participate in your community, uh, receive the Eucharist. Um, so that's something that's really easy. 
launching here a um, kind of examination of conscience-related series of, of pray lists uh, focused on, on uh, inspiring people to reconnect with the Sacrament of Reconciliation, um, which will be upcoming. The longer-term vision on the service side is to actually enable organizations like Catholic Charities and others to leverage the technology of Hallow um, and the, the growing, you know, 100-plus thousand um, people that have downloaded Hallow um, on a programming and, and um, content basis. Okay. And so that's a little bit kind of next couple quarters. Stay tuned. Uh, but the idea will be that hopefully eventually you'll be able to um, kind of search for your local organizations, not just figure out what's going on and, and receive information from them, but also to be able to um, have content, prayer content that's you know, co-developed or, or custom um, that will enable you to bring prayer into kind of all the different aspects of your life. Um, nothing on almsgiving yet, uh, with one caveat. So that we don't sell any ads, so we're very specific about that. We want it to be a the app environment to be a respite from sure. all the other stuff that you go through. But one of the things we do is we have a referral program uh, wherein if you refer someone to try the app um, and they give it a try, uh, we actually donate $5 to either your parish or charity from a list of charities. And so um, I have to double-check. I'm pretty positive in the latest lineup, uh, Catholic Charities is on that list. So, That's terrific. Love it. Our thanks to Alessandro for sharing his thoughts with our radio audience. Focus on the Liturgy aired this past week on Ash Wednesday, and co-hosts Todd Williamson and Timothy Johnson engaged in a timely discussion on the theology and spirituality that guide us during Lent. Timothy, happy Lent. Happy Ash Wednesday. Happy Ash Wednesday. This is my, my students just saying that when I used to be teaching, they would always say, what do you say on Ash Wednesday? Is it happy Ash Wednesday <laughs> or blessed Ash Wednesday? <laughs> and what did you answer? Um, I don't I don't really remember. I think happy Ash Wednesday. I think, is, I think, that's, I think that's very appropriate. Um, we are, uh, as I say, here every fourth Wednesday of the month. We happen to fall on Ash Wednesday, which is perfect for us because every time we gather, every month, we break open a different aspect of the church's corporate, communal, public worship. Yeah, and we have a great time yes. doing that. And and today, because we're beginning Lent, we're, we're going to break open um, the beginning or some beginning conversations of the Lenten season. Yeah, the the, 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 the great season of Lent, I like to call it. Uh, uh, the Eastern Orthodox call it Great the, Lent. Great Lent, right. And, and I, I just, I, I love the that whole idea you said, you know, what do you say? Do you say Happy Ash Wednesday? Who, who? Because that's not people don't think that way. Ash Wednesday isn't happy, right? We we sort of we're get, not supposed to be happy today. <laughs> we get into that mode of <laughs> this very penitential mode, which is appropriate as well. But that doesn't mean we can't be happy or uh, be attentive to what we're entering into as a community. I've said this before. People have heard me say it before, but that line from Walter Burkhart is uh, Walter Burkhart, a great Jesuit theologian, great Catholic preacher, um, uh, taught at Georgetown University, God rest his soul. But he he used to say, he had a great line. He said, most Catholics go into Lent kicking and screaming. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> that is true, I think. I don't want to go in. Oh, I don't want to have to give something up. I don't want to. It's dour. <laughs> it's, it's you know, you know the, the, there's that sense of, uh, you, you, there's no frivolity during Lent. There's no happiness during Lent, right? And and yet. Sackcloth and ashes right, only. Right, right. <laughs> right. And yet, and yet, the previous prayers for the Mass had a, a preface for Lent that said, Father, 
each year you give us this joyful season of Lent. Mm. I loved that line. I wish I wish we still had that. It well, was one of the. That's you know, I don't think Catholics think that way. Joyful season of Lent. No, I, I don't think they do, and I think a lot of it is um, an inherited memory of even pre-Vatican II kind of ideology around what the Lenten season was, and we get caught up in just the very penitential aspect. But as you were saying, like that can be joyful like, yes. to, to reflect on the mercy of God and the the potential of conversion in our life, in our communities, in our world, in our neighborhood. Um, so, yeah, there is something. And the word Lent itself, you know, coming from the Old English is, if you think about it, it's about springtime. Yeah, that's um, what the word meant, right? So it, it, in a sense, it's about cleaning the house, if you will, um, and, yeah. and allowing um, space for you know, we think what's, what happens in springtime in this hemisphere is flowers begin to bloom and we're cultivating the soil. We're getting things ready for the planting season, which will be that Easter, um, the fruits that we will bear during the Easter season. Now, lest the listeners think that we are throwing out penance for Lent, right. we're not. We're not. It Yes, penance does have um, a, a penitential aspect to it, but that's only one aspect. And right. that aspect is not an end in and of itself. We're going to talk about that in a little bit. But that whole idea of what's the purpose of the penitence, what's of, of the penance, what's the purpose of Lent. But but before that, just just the the season as a whole. I do. I love this season. I, have, <laughs> I love Lent. Um, and so many times, so many so many times we come up upon this season each year, Timothy. And I think not only do I love Lent, but I I need Lent. I I need Lent. I need I need to look inward and I need to evaluate. I need to um, prepare. Yeah, it, it is. I always find it, and I think we've talked about this before, but it is really the church's great retreat. Yeah. You know, using that, it is a time after we're all so busy and, and in a sense, our lives, our souls get cluttered with things and we need to step back and we need to slow down. And the church provides us the space to do that the scripture readings to prompt our reflection, the liturgical text prompt our re reflection. And the ultimate goal is about conversion, about conversion of heart and mind as we move towards um, um, being an Easter people, not just the celebration of Easter itself, but in the long run of being a people of resurrection, that on that final day, we have taken the time in this life to do the work that we need to do to prepare for that that in time. Oh, wow. I... I you hit on one of my favorite um, images, I guess, for Lent. That it, it is a retreat. It, yeah. it, the the church asks us to go on a retreat for these days during this whole season of Lent, um, and and by by that it means you know th these are days of retreat. We should be living differently during mm -hmm. Lent, and most people. Uh, manifest that by giving something up or maybe taking something extra on, like uh, extra prayer in their lives, yeah. uh, going, they go to daily mass maybe. But I mean, they they manifest that idea of living differently. But to the listeners, uh, as we start this great season, you know, keep that in mind throughout this whole hour and throughout the the whole six weeks of, of, of Lent, that, that it calls you, it calls us, me as well, but to the listeners, it calls you to live differently this this season, and Timothy and I kind of challenge you to that. <laughs> and hopefully, hopefully during this hour, we will give you some um, some ideas as to how you can live differently during yes. this season. I said um, 
it is uh, well, what you know. It's it's always the same length, right? It is it is always the same always length, the same length. Of, of of time. Whereas Christmas season alters a bit, right? Yeah. Advent alters in yep. terms of how many days it is. Lent is always the same. It's six weeks yep. long, in five weeks including Holy Week. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's the one thing because Easter, we always know the date of Easter, and we work backwards from that. Um, That's how the whole liturgical year is set, right? Right. We find the date of Easter, and then everything else takes shape around around that. that. And so, yeah, it is is a set time. And I think that should tell us a little bit about how important, too, like it isn't something that shifts around in in the same Uh, way. It's stable. It's stable. Yeah, not that Christmas or the other seasons aren't. Um, It's just that there's an intentionality um, in these 40 days um, with that, that mindset of conversion of moving towards the day of resurrection. Um, and again, in the ultimate scheme of things, not just that particular Sunday that we celebrate, but in the big picture of, of who we are yeah. as, a, as a Christian people. Yeah, yeah. All right, here's the, here's the question. How do you count the 40 days? <laughs> <laughs> well, that's always a challenge. <laughs> um, yeah, do we start at Ash Wednesday or the first Sunday of Lent? And, and you know, I've done this year not not recently, but when I was teaching high school, I, I did this once. And I, to be honest, don't know. I actually counted backwards from Holy Thursday back 40 days. <laughs> and where did you end up? Um, on the first Sunday of Lent. On the first Sunday of Lent. All right. right. So here's the thing. I love this conversation every year. <laughs> People say, well, it's 40 days. How is it 40 days? Because Ash Wednesday to Easter Sunday is more than 40 days. Right. And then, and then at some point, somebody got this idea and said, yeah. But if you go from Ash Wednesday to Easter Sunday and you take out the Sundays, because Sundays are days of resurrection, they're they're not officially Lent, you have 40 days. That is just wrong. (laughs) That is just wrong. To say that Sundays... Look, look, look in the Roman Missal. It says, first Sunday of Lent. Right. Second Sunday of Lent. They are days of Lent. And and, and even with the Ash Wednesday part, it, it... the way that those days are labeled, it's the Thursday after. Um, right. Or yeah, if, the Friday after Ash Wednesday, yeah, the so Saturday after Ash Wednesday. Whereas you'll see then as after the first Sunday of Lent, it becomes Monday of the first week of Lent, Tuesday of the first week of Lent. Right, right. So that, that just that whole idea yeah. of, you know, you don't count Sundays. Yes, you do. The Sundays are part of Lent. Now, now. Yeah, Sunday is a day of resurrection and, and feast, so maybe you don't fast. I, I, I don't, I don't fall on any particular side of the fence on that. Maybe you 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 give up chocolate for Lent on Sundays, you can have it. Well, okay, if you say so. <laughs> I happen to think I happen to think no, if you if you're going to observe Lent, you observe it the whole the whole uh, couple of days. But so this can be a little bit of tricky. Yeah, and some of that that I think I would kind of fall on the same side as you if, if you're going to do the whole thing, but uh, you know, do it and and discipline and and do the practice. But as you were saying, some of that might depend on the local custom, the family tradition that you grew up in, and how it shaped your own spiritual life. That's true. Um, that's true. And, and to be, you know, but that's the important thing is to reflect on why you're doing what you're doing. Right, right. Don't just do it because, well, that's what we've always done. But how is it helping you in your spiritual life and helping you grow in relationship with Jesus Christ? A lot of people look at it from Ash Wednesday to Easter Sunday, and you take out the Sundays, out, yeah. and that's the 40 days. That's, that's, that's that's inaccurate. <laughs> the 40 days come from marking the season from the first Sunday of Lent mm-hmm. to Holy Thursday. From the first Sunday of Lent to Holy Thursday, there's 40 days. 
But what about Ash Wednesday and Thursday, Friday, and Saturday after it? Yeah. What about that? It has, <laughs> I mean, they certainly have a Lenten feel, um, and they're not ordinary time. And it's, you know, we've, we've kind of made a transition, but we're, <laughs> maybe this isn't fair, but it's sort of like we're beginning to prepare ourselves to do this even more. Like we're, we're committing a little bit more to enter into Lent. But we did mark ourselves with, with ashes mm-hmm. on this day. Um, if you went to a liturgy, uh, Liturgy of the Word, or went to Eucharistic liturgy, and as a way of marking ourselves to say, we are entering into a different time. Yeah. We're going to mark time differently for the next 40 plus days. Um, and we're going to enter into this in a very different and spiritual way. So the readings and the prayer text are Lenten in, in that, in oh that, gosh, in that yeah. same sense. And so it is per- getting us in, into that mindset. Um, it's like an overture. There, that's, a, that's, that's what I was trying to think of, and I couldn't think of the word. Wednesday, Perfect. Thursday, Friday, Saturday, before the first Sunday of Lent is like the overture of the season. Yeah. And then, because um, and, and as you said, because it, there, there is, the readings and the texts are Lenten. I absolutely love today's first reading. It's one of my favorite, favorite readings, that the, the reading from Joel. Yeah. Um, you know, which really does have that sense of um, the retreat we were talking about, right? The Lord God, oh, no, that's the first Sunday, pardon me. <laughs> <laughs> Ash Wednesday, the first reading is from uh, Joel. It's the, the prophet Joel. And it's, even now, says the Lord, return to me with your whole mm-hmm. heart, with fasting and weeping and mourning. Rend your hearts, not your garments, and return to the Lord your God. That, there's... You know, and then later yeah. it's you know, blow the trumpet in Zion, proclaim a fast, call the elders, call the children, call everyone together. It's like, it's just a perfect reading to start this season. We're going on a journey. We're going on a you know, from from this day on, we're going yeah. on a journey for the for the next five weeks. And we're doing it together. I love yes. that. I mean, you're exactly right. Blow the trumpet so everyone can can hear what's going to happen and bring us together. There's an urgency about it. Yeah. You know, the, 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 the Ash Wednesday calls us into Lent with an urgency that it's time to be different. It's time yeah. to live different. Well, I, and that just made me think of, and I, I don't know if it is super connected, but the entrance antiphon for Ash Wednesday, which most of us won't hear because we don't sing it, is you are merciful to all, O Lord, and despise nothing that you have made. I love that despise nothing yeah. that you have made. You overlook people's sins to bring them to repentance, and you spare them, for you are the Lord our God. And I, I mean, I think That's that connects. Absolutely. It's oh from Wisdom. God. It's from the Book of Wisdom, right. chapter 11. Um, and yeah, I mean, that's... That's the antiphon the church gives us to enter us into the season that you overlook your people's sin, you spare them. So think about what what the prophet Joel is trying to invite the community to think about at that point as well. Like stop wallowing in in, <laughs> in this and and shout with joy because God's mercy. That's why Lent is a joyful season. That's yeah. why every year God gives us this joyful season of Lent. And the, the, like you said, the readings, the texts, they all they all uh, uh, reflect that. Right. Um, uh, give us strength to to observe this season. Yeah. Uh, I love the, there are so many opening prayers that allude to that uh, during the masses of Lent. You For know, sure. Give us strength. So so in other words, in whatever way we are observing this season, give us strength to maintain that so that we can live differently these days. Exactly. And, and with the hope of as we're practicing that different living, that becomes part of who we are ultimately. 
that it, we've habituated that as we've we've talked about on the show before we habituate yes, those practices yes yes exactly exactly that's why that's why we live differently and hopefully that those practices either uh, something that we've given up or something that we've taken on hopefully those practices stay with us after yeah i mean even the just season. The, the collect for the beginning of ash wednesday you know grant o lord that we may begin with holy fasting this campaign of christian service so uh, campaign that of christian, christian service, service. And this is the, the clinch or the, the clutcher, clincher here. So that as we take up this battle against spiritual evils, we may be armed with the weapons of self-restraint. Now, in my personal opinion, it's a little more militaristic than I would like. But, but I don't get that option. But there is something true about that. What we're doing is we're, we're looking, um, and we're going to talk about this later with even the RCIA, like we're looking at what in our lives— um, are we battling that are keeping us away from the love of God that keep us um, not because God is distanced, but because we turn away and we're not the one engaging in the relationship. Right. Joel, return to me. Return to me. You, like, you left, not me. The yeah, Lord says, like, "Come back, and, and I'm here. I've, I'm sparing you. I'm look, overlooking your sin." And so we're asking that during the season, as we fast and we pray and we do penitence, that we have the tools necessary to help us on that journey, to battle or to look at, to be able to name what is is causing me to have blind spots in my life. Always good to hear from Todd and Tim on our Focus on the Liturgy program. You can enjoy that entire show by going to radiotv.archchicago.org. That's where you can hear all our local Catholic radio programs live or at your convenience. RadioTV.ArtChicago.org. Stick with us. After a short break, we'll hear about Mercy Home for Boys and Girls, March for Kids. Back after a short break. Sharon Begora, the 17th Annual Catholic Charities St. Patrick's Day Celebration is the place to be on Thursday, March 12th. Join us from 6.30 to 9.30 p.m. at Fitzgerald's on Roosevelt Road in Berwyn. Irish music and dancing, a live auction, a grand raffle, and traditional Irish food and drink are all awaiting you. This fun celebration benefits the New Hope Housing Programs, making permanent housing and self-sufficiency a reality for homeless families. A limited number of sponsorships are still available. Get out your green gear and support Catholic Charities West Regional Services at this happy time of year. For more information, go to www.catholiccharities.net slash Pat's or call 708-329-4022. That's www.catholiccharities.net slash St. Pat's, or call 708-329-4022. Celebrate St. Patrick's Day while giving kids the tools they need to build brighter futures. Hi, I'm Mark Schmelzer from Mercy Home for Boys and Girls. Support Mercy Home's March for Kids this month. You can provide kids in crisis with a safe home, healing from trauma, life skills, good education, and career development that will help them become successful, independent adults. Donate today at mercyhome.org slash marchforkids. Any gift made throughout the month of March will be matched by a generous donor, so your support goes twice as far to help kids when you give through Mercy Home's March for Kids. Donate today or learn more about other ways that you can play a part at mercyhome.org slash marchforkids. Thank you for your support.
Welcome back to Catholic Chicago Week in Review on Relevant Radio 950 and 930 AM. We're bringing you highlights of local Catholic radio programs that can be heard Monday through Friday from 8 to 9 in the morning on 750 AM. Holy Name Cathedral Rector Father Greg Sakowitz and his planning and development assistant Mark Teresi invited Mark Schmelzer into the studio this past week. Mark is the communications director at Mercy Home for Boys and Girls, which is about to begin its annual March for Kids. Tell us about this big uh, Mercy Home for Boys and Girls a March for Kids campaign. What's the history of that one? Well, actually, you know, it goes back under different names, all the way back to uh, about 1996. And it started when we, you know, first went into the uh, market in the Chicago St. Patrick's Day Parade. And we kind of leveraged the fun and excitement of St. Patrick's Day and the holiday and all the celebrations around St. Patrick's Day to get the word out about Mercy Home and help you know, raise some money for, to, that supports our work. And we're almost entirely privately funded, so that's really important. Uh, it has uh, uh, had a couple of different names since then. Back then it was called Touch of Green. And okay, I that's what I remember. You that. recall that, Mark, remember probably? That mark? Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, I remember being a part of that. Yeah. Absolutely. In what way, Mark? Well, uh, well our, I was head of the development department, so we – but part of what I remember was the float, mm-hmm. and our kids were on the St. <laughs> Patrick's Day float. They still, our son's thirty-two years old. He still talks <laughs> about that. That. Now, yeah. what years, Mark, were you at Mercy Home? Well, I worked with Father Close prior to coming there for a year in eighty. Oh, it was right, probably right before you. Mm-hmm. I was there in development for seven years. Prior to that, I worked with him on a management consulting project. And then he and I just remained friends. And Father Scott and I are dear friends. So I still get involved. I I come when they need me, I come. When Mark arrived about 2005 or 2004, you were gone. Right. But like, was it two years ago, the 130th? There's a wonderful, wonderful celebration. They asked me to come back and sing for the Mass. They have this uh, hall, the soccer field hall, Mm -hmm. 1,100 donors. and It was like a dream. Yes. 1,100 donors with residents, with workers. Mm -hmm. It was like an event that I always imagined was part of what we were trying to build. Now, this was held where? Well, we have uh, the soccer field facility, an athletic field, but it's also a big enough space where we can host sort of large gatherings. We have a lot of our, like, employee. Is it uh, indoor slash outdoor? It's an indoor soccer field. So it's it artificial is. turf inside, but it's also like a big gymnasium, basically. Mm-hmm. And Located have, where, Mark? It's right on our campus. We're at uh, Jackson and Racine. The, that facility is on Aberdeen and Adams. Okay. Um, but, but you're right. So I've seen Mark in many of our events and masses and mm-hmm. things, different celebrations that we've had. And Mark is always so great to supply the music for a lot of those. So I've gotten to hear Mark's uh, voice many times. And as I tell people, a tremendous voice, mm-hmm. a gift from God. One of the things that uh, I'll let you talk, but one of the things, one of my greatest uh, ministerial moments was when they opened the, the home on Adams. Because we really worked. There was a right. whole group of us that worked together. To make that happen, I know the whole. <coughs> I go to uh, the one on Jackson for Mercy Home TV Mass for uh, WGN. What's Adams? You want to explain? Sure. Well, uh, so uh, so basically, it's part of the same block. We occupy most of that entire block now. But at the yeah. time, there was a, a long time ago. There was a warehouse on that same block, 
and it was falling into disuse, disuse. And we we purchased it, we gutted it, we added a floor onto it, and that allowed us to expand our campus and our services for young men uh, by about eighty percent. When did that happen? It was that it building was finished in two thousand three, and then we opened up a small chapel on the corner on right. Jackson in two thousand five, which I believe Mark was there for that right. as well. Right. And then um, pr- prior to that, in celebration of our one hundredth anniversary in nineteen eighty seven. We opened a campus for girls, and that was down on – it is down on the uh, south side, uh, Beverly Morgan Park neighborhood. It was recently named after a, a, a wonderful person from the community, Margaret Walsh. And um, our, we are also – so with March for Kids, we'll also be in the south side parade, which we have for many years, probably 20 years there too. And our girls mm-hmm. from the home are on that float. And in the wonderful. Down, downtown wonderful. parade, our boys are typically not on the float. Maybe some of them are holding mm-hmm. the banners, but it's a lot of other people mm-hmm. as well. Right. And Father Scott Donnie, who has done a fabulous job at the helm of following Father Jim Close. And uh, I think what Father Scott's been there at least – 25, 30 years. Yeah, and what's interesting to me, because I was there during the transition, they worked on that mm-hmm. transition. So that was Well, that was not an accident. It was not a surprise. <clears throat> they right. worked every day for a long time to make sure it was seamless. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and one thing I want to do to talk more about after the break is you get the impression, or some people get the impression, that Mercy Home, this money just comes in from the <laughs> sky, and or you get assistance from the state, which you don't. To find out more about how you can support the March for Kids, go to mercyhome.org slash marchforkids. That's mercyhome.org slash marchforkids. Next up, Father Greg and Mark talked with Josh Goralski, founder and CEO of Unlocking Communities. You're the founder and CEO of Unlocking Communities. How did this all come about, Josh? Yeah, so it all came about when I was in hate when I was in Growing up, we had a, ca- a Catholic priest from Haiti stay with my family when I was about eight years old. And that really... You stayed o- in your home? Yeah, in my home. Actually, in my bedroom. I gave up my bedroom and wow. stayed in my bedroom. So when people ask, how did you find Haiti? The joke is, Haiti found me. Mm-hmm. Amazing. Um, when I was eight years old, and I don't remember much from that that first trip, except my mom asking, what do you serve a Haitian to eat for dinner? Um, and my dad happened to be out of town. But that, that relationship really opened the door towards a long-term partnership in Haiti, and our church in Naperville ended up going on and still partners with the community in Dushiti, Haiti. No, wait, wait, let me ask you this. When the priest stayed in your home from Haiti, I presume he was trying to raise some money for this project, uh, did you actually make the trip out to Haiti? Not at that age. I made my first trip to Haiti when I was in high school. But it amazes me, though, you know, Mark, in that how is your mother and father welcomed the priest into your home because they were deeply involved in the parish, and he stayed with you for, what, a couple of days? Yeah. And then, so take it from there. He, he stays in your home, and as a little boy, eight years old, you know, a seed is planted. And what happened after that? Yeah, so that seed was planted, and I grew up doing, helping raise money for sponsoring kids' education in Haiti, helping send school supplies to Haiti, helping even sell coffee that was raised in Haiti. Mm -hmm. But what I really saw was so many of these initiatives did not have their intended outcomes. And when I went to university at Rockhurst, what I really learned there was that projects in developing countries have to be owned and led 100% by the local people there. When you say intended outcome, explain that a little bit. For our listeners. 
Yeah. So, so while we were able to put a lot of kids through education and while they were able to bring electricity to the town, the, the projects always relied on contributions and support and they were intending to be really sustainable where the local community could earn some income or take a business from there. So, It just ama- amazes me, Josh, that uh, from a little boy, a seed was planted and this carries with you, but then it's, it's like that old thing, you know, b- buy someone a fish, you feed them for a day, mm-hmm. teach them to fish for a lifetime. That's what you're trying to do. Mm-hmm. And so now... How did you get into this whole thing of founding this yeah. thing called Unlocking Communities? I presume did it started in college or after college? Yeah, it started in college. I went back to Haiti. So I'd been to Haiti in high school before the earth, big earthquake. And then I heard about— What year was that, by the way? The earthquake was in 2010. Okay. And they're still recovering from that earthquake. Are they really? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Um, and and how old are you, Josh? I am 28. She's oh. 28. Oh. Mark and I have sweaters. I was going to say— <laughs> The shoes I'm you, wearing. The jacket you're wearing. Be, uh... <laughs> Thank you for sharing that. No, let's not talk about your sweater. <laughs> Start slamming each other on the air. <laughs> now you're going coffee again. <laughs> Sorry to interrupt you, Josh. Okay, no keep worries. going. Um, and so when I was when I went back with my university, we 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 studied like how we came in as a group of outsiders to this community that I had been involved in. And we looked at and saw what does this really look like to have local communities own projects. And as I listened, right, Catholic social teaching calls us to really go and stand on the margins and listen to those who are vulnerable. And what they, when I listened to them, what they wanted was they wanted business education. They wanted to start their own businesses, like the American dream, they, their version of the American dream. They wanted to start businesses so that they could have their own income. You're 28 years old. Kind of a Catholic foundation. Parents really been to Haiti now eighteen times. Right, and this is not a typical journey for a twenty-eight-year-old. To me, it kind of is enveloped with a whole instrument, spirituality, where God's saying, "Here, I picked you. Use your hands and go do this for Mm me." Can you elaborate at all? How did this journey? happen for you? How is it unfolding? I mean, there's no question, yeah. Josh, you have a passion for this. Even off the air, you get excited talking about it. So give you, tell us, answer Mark's question. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so, I, I think mean, there was a question in there. Yeah, somewhere. there was a question in there. My, my, my parents are way too humble to admit it, but my parents had so much of this and that, you know, from an early age, they were attending immigration education sessions to learn about immigration. My mom went to Haiti you know, eight years before I ever went to Haiti. And so to see parents doing this, my dad volunteered in a jail and made sure we went into the jail as kids to see wow. to see that these girls weren't they they were we were there to see them put on a play. That they weren't there because of what they've done, that they're so much more than what they've done. You learned this from your mother and father. Yeah, from my mother and father. And my dad has gone through years of suffering and has now passed away. But really that his legacy of how he carried his cross and, and carried his suffering really inspired me to be able to stand on the margins and listen to those who are suffering and identify what it is that gives them agency and dignity. And in Haiti, we found that to be business education. Could you... Tell me a little bit, tell us a little bit about, you keep talking and I keep hearing Pope Francis. Can, yeah. can you tell me, has he had an influence in your 
mission and ministry? Definitely. He's had such an influence. I actually just finished my master's in Catholic social teaching and social justice at From where? Loyola Chicago here. Okay. They have a great Excellent. program here in Chicago. Wow. And I studied a lot of liberation theology with which Pope Francis is big into. And, you know, his name and Papa Francis in, in Latin American countries is huge. And to have a Pope from that area of the world who really symbolizes to go out among the sheep and to listen to them. And that's really what we did. What were one, one of his teachings that you really embrace? From Pope, from Pope Francis. From Pope Francis. What's one of the what things, really you? as you studied, what hits you and what have you really embraced? That, that Boy, that's my personal mission statement. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it's, the one for me is, you know, we are not here in our kind of our high places that we are to go out among the sheep, which I was just saying, is, mm-hmm. is the one that really hits me and that, you know, you do not, the best travels, as I've traveled the world and had the honor to speak at conferences around the world, some of my favorite places are some of the least traveled places around the world. Like give give example of one. Rural Ukraine is one of my favorite places that I've ever been to because you see a humanity and a population that's really been forgotten about. Give us among, another one beside that, that rural Ukraine. Um, I loved visiting Palestine and staying in Bethlehem and getting to know the people who live in Bethlehem. So really you are really in the trenches with humanity but trying to better them by helping them help themselves. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. And, and, I guess, and Mark, you mentioned earlier, you know, we, we look at Josh, 28 years old, and mentioned on the air, and I will say this again, you are a computer guru. You could be running a major company mm-hmm. for uh, computers because you've got a brain for it, and yet you're not doing that. Instead, so you're giving your life to help with the poor in this, this thing found called Unlocking Communities. And when you talk, Josh, there's such a com- compassion and passion about you, and uh, it was just amazing. I, it, I wish this were a television interview so right. people could see your face, how it just this, you just brighten up over yeah, this. Yeah, you're just lolling. Now, you're the founder. Yeah. So we, were, had, we talked about Mercy Home. The founder of Mercy Home really extended himself. There was a lot of energy. He ended up you know, spending his life on this thing. What about you as founder? What do you see as a future for this? Yeah, yeah. So I wanted to go back and finish the story that we started earlier about the model. And really what our model is is that we invest in churches in Haiti. We have found churches to be the center of these communities, that they are the trust networks in these communities. So we give loans of water filters and clean burning stoves to churches in Haiti. And then we train a group of their parishioners to sell these water filters and clean burning stoves. At cost. At cost to others in the community on no interest microloans. Because in Haiti, you might not be able to afford a $43 water filter at one time, but you can afford it if it's $4 a month for five months. By buying a water filter, a family in Haiti can save about $150 a year or 10% of their income because they can stop buying bottled water. Say that again. Say that again. A family in Haiti can save about 10% of their income by buying a water filtration system. Now, how do people support this? Yeah, so you can support our work by going to our website, unlockingcommunities.org. And clicking One more time. Unlockingcommunities.org and clicking on the donate button up in the corner. And if somebody wanted to make a phone call, wasn't com- a computer geek like you, do you have a phone number? Yes, our phone number is on our website, but it's also area code 630-303. Seven two five. Then number once again, Josh. Area code six three zero, three zero three seven two five nine. 
And we close with a couple of reminders. You can hear that entire program and all our local Catholic radio programs live or at your convenience at radiotv.archchicago.org. And this program, Catholic Chicago Week in Review, is now available on your favorite mobile audio streaming apps, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Anchor. So subscribe today. And thanks for listening to us every Saturday morning here on Relevant Radio, 9.50 and 9.30 a.m. I'm Jim Dish for Catholic Chicago Week in Review. Have a great weekend, everyone. Join us every Saturday morning for Catholic Chicago Week in Review. You can stream our programs live or listen to past programs by visiting our website, archchicago.org, and clicking on Radio TV. And please connect with Catholic Chicago on social media.